Welcome to the Range of Mission Podcast. Today is going to be a Q&A episode, and it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while now. I've been wanting to do a solo Q&A episode, so today's going to be the day. The first question I have is from Emily from Instagram, and this is actually a question that she asked that I was going to answer on my IGTV, but I kind of started the YouTube now. So my focus has been more on the YouTube than than the IGTV. But I'm going to answer this question on today's podcast. How do you recover from overeating or eating more than you planned, like a family gathering, wedding, sporting events, etc.? So guys, honestly, the easiest way to answer this question is you just get back on track. Like the next day after... Had for the day at the wedding or the get-together or the day when you're eating more minimally, more processed food and food that's more highly palatable, the best thing to do is just going to be to get back on track. Uh, I just had a conversation with a client about this this morning. The biggest thing that you can do is not have two, three, four, five bad meals in a row. And by bad, I just mean less nutritious meals. So meals that aren't including, you know, vegetables, meals that are maybe fried or maybe that are higher in calories or in sugar, like desserts and things that you see at weddings and family get togethers. But there's a little more, obviously, that you can do than just get back on track. Obviously, if you haven't built if you haven't built an awareness with your nutrition already, that's the first place you have to start. So we have to, you have to begin to track your nutritional intake in some way, shape, or form, whether that's using a tracking app or whether that's just writing down the, the food that you're eating on a daily basis. The, the easiest way, I think, to build awareness from the get-go is, is, to, is to just write things down. And, you know, once you have an idea of what your caloric set point is and whether you are gaining or losing weight, then we can determine, you know, how about how many calories you need to lose body fat. Because this question is coming from a perspective of someone who, you know, is trying to, you know, continue to lose body fat and still enjoy life, which if you have built enough of an awareness with nutrition, it's really not super, super difficult because you can fit in. That's why I'm such a big proponent of flexible dieting and just building awareness with nutrition in general is because you can, you can make things in your, you know, in your life fit into your nutritional protocol. So you, so if you know, uh, uh, an example would be like, if you know you have a wedding or you know you have an event coming up, you can plan that whole week. And, and, and if you have the event coming up and you're in a fat loss stage, like you need to be in a calorie deficit, you know, week after week, or, you know, at least for, you know, you know, eight or eight or 10 or 12 weeks you want to be in a calorie deficit and you know you have a wedding during that eight or 10 weeks or whatever it is, you can set your calories to a a lower number throughout the week. And that 
lower, little bit lower uh, set point of calories throughout the week is going to make up for the wedding or the family get together or you know whatever that whatever that event is where you're going to be eating you know foods that are that are higher in calories. You know, obviously, throughout the week, you also want food quality to be, you know, very high and and take that and take that into account because, you know, for eating for eating higher quality foods throughout the week, our digestive system is going to be on point going into the weekend. Our gut health is going to be on point going into the weekend where we are going to have or the week, the the day, uh, the Saturday or whatever it is, if it's a weekend or whatever your gut health is going to be in a better place. You're going to be able to, to have some good, some good gut bacteria going into the weekend. So you're not, so you're not ruining your, your digestive system and your hormonal system as well. You know, after, after having a, you know, a celebration or something like that with family or, or a wedding, but, you know, obviously the, the easy answer is to just get back on track, but the, the little bit more complicated answer is, you know, we have to build an awareness with nutrition if you build that awareness with nutrition and you have an idea of what your calories, uh, of what your, you know, uh, maintenance calories are, then you can determine, well, you know, where I need to be, what kind of deficit I need to be in during the week. And then you can kind of figure out, you know, what kind of food is going to be in the wedding and make a, and make a better, better decision. But, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest thing is just going to be getting back on track in my, in my personal opinion, especially for, for just living a, you know, healthier lifestyle and having a better relationship with food. The biggest thing is, is, is to not have three, two and three and four and five meals that are, that are all, you know, highly processed meals. You want to have, you know, one meal that is, you know, highly processed or one, one get together or one wedding or something like that, but make sure the next days and the weeks that you're, that you're following it up with, with two or three or four, you know, big, healthy, um, you know, filling meals that are, that are micronutrient dense. So that's the best way. That's the best way that, that I can, that I can kind of, uh, answer that question. Our next question is from, Cody on Instagram and the question is how much protein powder should we be using per day um, and what brands and types uh, this is this is kind of a it's it's a relatively easy answer or a relatively easy question to answer to be honest with you I think I think having more than two servings of protein powder a day is ridiculous. Um, it's, you know, protein powder in and of itself is a very processed form of protein because typically it comes from, from whey, from a dairy-based protein. And, you know, in, in nature, you get those proteins from drinking, like, the cow's milk and, um, you know, eating uh, different types of dairy products, whether it be yogurt or cheese. So I don't think that having a super processed powder three, four, and five times a day is going to be beneficial for your digestive system. I just can't, I just can't get on board with that. So the, the companies that are, that are promoting three, four, five shakes a day, 
probably you should run in the other direction and not listen to that advice. And that's just from me, like, that's just from my experience too in the past. Like, I remember when I first got into fitness and, and health and stuff like that, even before I became a trainer, like, I was drinking, like, three and four protein shakes a day just to hit my daily protein intake. And we just don't want to do this. We want to we want to try to get the majority of our of our calories and macronutrients, uh, macronutrients being protein, carbohydrates, and fats from actual food, from real whole food. We want to try to try to limit supplementation, um, you know, as much as possible. We want to try to try to get as much as as much nutrients as we can from whole food. With that being said, athletes that are training very hard and you know crossfit athletes in particular those people are going to need uh post-workout carbohydrate post-workout protein um not because like there's this huge anabolic window but just to help them uh recover from from their training sessions that's that's really all it comes down to but even for crossfit athletes and athletes it's more about it's more about the carbs than the than the proteins but as far as protein powder goes I would say only one or two servings a day. So one or two scoops, typically one scoop is typically a serving. If you're talking whey protein, typically one scoop is a serving. I know actually I have a, I have a plant-based protein that two scoops is actually a serving. So it just depends. You have to read the label, but I wouldn't say any more than two servings. I would, I would say it's probably, you're probably overdoing it on the protein powder and you're probably not making enough of an effort to get your protein from whole food sources you know, as far as brands and types, guys, this is a uh, super, super important. Um, most of the protein powders that you're going to see at um, GNC online, bodybuilding.com, a lot of them are super, super processed, not very good quality protein. Uh, a lot of companies have been accused and have been uh, actually, it's been found that companies have spiked their protein with you know, BS amino acids that aren't complete proteins. So there's not really the amount of protein that it says on the label. So you have to really be careful with that. And then, like I said, the quality of the protein is also super important. And then the big one is a lot of these companies are flavoring their, or sweetening their, their products with sucralose and their, the studies have been conducted on sucralose, sucralose can kill up to 50% of your gut's healthy bacteria. The amount of sucralose that's in these supplements is is crazy. And it's not something that uh, if you're doing three and four shakes per day, or even if you're just doing one or two shakes a day, it's not going to be something that's beneficial for your, for your gut health, and which could in turn lead to less fat loss and, and uh, you know, less muscle gain. So, I would I would shy away from from those. Um, look for look for a whey protein isolate or a a good plant based protein that is flavored with either um, stevia or monk fruit or a combination of both. And then I would also do some research on like the actual supplement companies, guys. I would actually look into the CEOs. I would see how they are interacting with people. I would really do some research. And uh, the companies that you'll notice that are very transparent 
and that are jumping on people's podcasts, like my guy Mike Matthews from Legion. He jumps on people's podcasts, is very transparent about his products, is very transparent about his business in general, like with everything. He's almost like super transparent. It's kind of crazy. I would I would highly suggest doing that. I would highly suggest doing your doing your homework and looking into these looking into these supplements before you just go to GNC and trust the guy behind the counter because most of the time he's not going to be super educated on the supplements. He's not going to be educated on the ingredients in the supplements. He just knows that eating enough protein is is good for you or, you know, taking this fish oil is is good for you, but he doesn't really know what goes behind supplements and what they're doing behind closed doors. So I would definitely, I would definitely pay attention to, to the actual company and the integrity of the company and how they, how they kind of do business. So brands and types, uh, Legion, Legion athletics way. Plus they also have a protein called thrive. I believe that's a, that's a, a, a plant-based protein. Uh, both super solid proteins. I've had them both. They're both they both taste really good, especially the whey. The whey tastes awesome. Uh, whey is also always going to taste better than than plant based stuff. Um, I think the company is called. I'm not even going to say it because I don't even know what they're called. But the other company that I really like is Organifi. They have a they have a plant based protein uh, that's super awesome. And tastes really good too. Actually, it tastes surprisingly like almost not like a plant-based protein, which is crazy because most most plant-based proteins taste pretty pretty bad. So Organifi, Organifi does a really good job. So Legion and Organifi are my two go-tos. Those are the ones that that I would look into if you're gonna if you're gonna take a protein powder. And then you know, like I said, you know, how much per day is gonna depend on the person. I'm about to. 20 to 25 uh i require a little bit more protein so like anywhere anywhere over 0.8 grams per pound of body weight and protein is ridiculous you don't need any more than that to to be fit to be healthy to gain muscle to lose body fat but for me it is tough to get to that number at my current body weight so i typically do drink a shake every day typically post-workout and helps me get a little bit of extra protein in. So I would say no more than I would say no more than two shakes per day. But if you if you're really if you're really struggling with protein, you need to start to look at like your nutritional protocol, like from a on a daily basis. Like, are you eating protein at every meal? How much protein are you eating? Because if you're if you can if you can objectively look at at that stuff, then you can realize like okay, I don't really need to eat this or I don't need, I really don't need this protein drink. I really just need to eat more protein through whole foods. And I told you guys, that's, that's, that's a very big, that's a very big key. We want to get most of our nutrients from, from whole foods. Our final question is also from Cody and it is Difference in CrossFit and going to the gym and doing free weights, pros and cons for both. Okay, so I I did a YouTube video about this as well, but wanted to answer it on here as well, kind of give you guys a little my take. So we'll start with CrossFit. 
Um, I I've never actually like done any CrossFit stuff. I I've never I've never really even been in a CrossFit box. Take that back. Yes, I have. Uh, but it was for a it was for a seminar. I think CrossFit's cool. I think CrossFit got women like deadlifting and squatting and overhead pressing and doing the main the the big movements that are the biggest bang for your buck that are going to build the most muscle, burn the most fat over time. Uh, they also, I mean, but it also got men doing the same thing because realistically not a lot of men were, were deadlifting and squatting and overhead pressing and doing these things either. They were kind of just going to the gym and, and doing machine work and stuff like that. The issue with CrossFit is always going to come back to intensity and the over intensification of exercise. There's tons and tons and tons of people that are, that are in the CrossFit space though, that are advocating against this guys like Jason Phillips, guys like Brian Borstein and, you know, even guys like my, my business coach, Cody McBroom, who has a lot of CrossFit ties and people that he coaches that are, that are CrossFit and former CrossFit athletes. So there's, there's plenty of people speaking out against the over-intensification of, of CrossFit and how you can't live in a calorie deficit and do a glycolytic sport. It just doesn't work. You know, if you're a football player, being in a calorie deficit is not going to be advantageous for your performance. Just like being a CrossFit athlete and being in a calorie deficit is not going to be good for, for your performance. And what I mean by calorie deficit is eating less calories than your body needs to maintain its body weight. If you're trying to lose fat, you should absolutely not be going to CrossFit four and five times a week. And I mean, there's even been people that are, that have done double days, triple days where they're, where they're working out, you know, basically all the time and they're in a calorie deficit. The thing about CrossFit too, is you have to realize that it is a sport and the CrossFit isn't about what your abs look like. CrossFit is about how you perform. It's an, it's a performance based sport, just like football, Football isn't judged on what guys look like out on the field. Nobody cares about what your abs look like. They just care about how you can perform, how you can tackle, how you can run, how you can catch, how you can sprint. Those are the things, how you can block. Those are the things that, that matter. Uh, so same goes in CrossFit. The, 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 you're judged in CrossFit based on you know, your, your time, you know, your, your overall strength, and you know, how you can how you can last throughout those throughout those training sessions. So CrossFit got a bad rep because it took so many people that were relatively beginners and, you know, a lot of them were beginners, beginner to inter- intermediate folks and, and just really crushed them. And there were, there's people out there that, that put the, put the idea in their head that it's the best way to lose body fat and the best way to lose weight. And, that's not. This isn't me up here saying that if you do CrossFit, you won't get more fit because obviously you are going to be more fit. But you cannot be doing CrossFit consistently and be in a calorie deficit. It is just not advantageous for your health. You run the risk of creating HPA axis dysfunction, which can lead to a host of of issues, both with your nervous system, you know, with, you know, not being able to stay awake in the middle of the day, having to have 10 cups of coffee every day to, 
you know, your hormonal function as well to not being able to sleep, not being, not having a sex drive, not having any motivation or the, the mood, being in the mood to, to exercise or, you know, do any of the things that you want to do. These, these are the types of, of things that can happen when we overtrain and CrossFit isn't the only way you can overtrain, but it is, it's very, it's very, it's very common in CrossFit for people to, to overtrain and, and do too much. You know, so pros, pros, it, it got, it got men and women, uh, doing the main lifts, the main big lifts again, and really putting a focus on, on that area. And, and, and the other thing about CrossFit is it, it creates an awesome community. Uh, the people that are in the boxes are typically super, super close and it's almost like a family, which you're typically not going to get that at your, at your average, at your average gym, just your typical gym training. Uh, most of the corporate gyms have really, uh, really done a piss poor job at creating community and creating that feel. And that just starts with, you know, the management at the gyms and the, and the people that are, uh, that are in charge of, of running these big box gyms, but they've almost created like a hamster wheel. So that's, that's the cool thing about CrossFit too, is that there's, uh, you'll build, you'll build solid, really solid relationships. And, you know, it's more of a, more of a, more of a family feel. And that's really, uh, that community is, is something that's, that's really awesome about fitness and really how, how all fitness facilities should be. But it's, uh, the, the corporate gyms have gotten so corporatized that, it's almost it's almost impossible to see that nowadays but so so pros are that you know got men and women doing the big lifts again cons are that you, there's there's a lot of over intensification uh in in the crossfit space and and it's something that that myself and all of the other fitness professionals that I'm involved with are are striving to to take care of and like I said, guys like Jason Phillips, Brian Borstein, Cody Boom Boom, are, they're doing a great job. And the, the message is finally starting to get out there. People are starting to realize that, that it is a sport. It is a glycolytic sport. You have to eat carbs. You have to eat enough food. And you have to monitor your, your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system balance. So your sympathetic, hardcore at the gym, you have to recover twice as hard. You have to, you have to create that parasympathetic sympathetic balance so definitely pros of pros of just traditional gym training are and this is uh, this is saying that you're traditionally training with proper intensity and proper frequency because i've seen guys overdo it at the gym it in in general you know just regular gyms as well so if you're training with proper intensity, proper frequency, you know, you're, you're, you're doing, you're hitting your body parts two to three times a week with proper intensity. You're not going, you're not going overboard. You're, you're, you're working hard. You're working very hard in the gym, but you're not, but you're not going to failure on every set and, and doing, and doing things that are going to be counterproductive and, and making sure your nutrition, nutrition is on point. There, there are really not a lot of cons for traditional resistance training, traditional strength training. So, you know, periodizing your training so that you are progressively overloading in some, in some fashion, whether it's adding reps every week or adding weight every week or some kind of challenge, whether it be um, negatives or drop sets or supersets or whatever the, whatever the case may be, uh, 
if if you're doing a properly phased exercise program, the benefits are just there's so many pros. It's it's ridiculous. Your 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 hormones improve. So that means energy, mood, motivation, sex drive, all of these things improve. Uh, you improve fat loss because you you're as you as you train, as you resistance train, you build more strength, you build more muscle. Your body then has to hold on to that muscle, and muscle is an expensive tissue, so you burn more calories while you're just resting. So you're able to eat more food. Your metabolism increases. And again, I literally just got off the phone with somebody this morning, and she was like, I feel more hungry after, after training. And she literally just started training this week. And I was like, that's completely normal. And that's completely awesome. That's your body's hormonal system is having a very positive response to, to the training it's doing. You're building some, you're building some muscle, you're speeding up protein synthesis and you're speeding up your metabolism, which is awesome. Um, you know, fat loss, like I said, increases because you're burning more calories at rest. And it, and it just allows you to eat more food too, which is, is another huge thing for people. Uh, when when somebody comes to me and I notice that their calories are super low or they've been on a, a fad diet or something like that, the, 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 the thing we do is we start pretty, pretty slow in the gym. We're taking long rests. We're actually trying to build strength and get stronger. And then we're slowly adding calories every week. And they will say things like, yeah, like the my scale my scale weight's kind of not like moving a lot but I'm feel like stronger and I feel more fit and I have more energy and that's just their body you know responding to the stimulus that we're that we're that we're applying to it it's speeding up its metabolism it's building strength it's building muscle it's regulating its hormones more effectively you're sleeping better all of these things all of these things matter when it comes to when it comes to tr- traditional traditional resistance resistance training, like in the gym. The biggest issue is that a lot of people don't know what the proper intensity is, what the proper frequency is for them to to see results. And so, one of the cons of traditional resistance training or traditional strength training in a in a gym would just be unawareness and and people not knowing how to actually strength train and resistance train properly because here's the deal guys if you're a guy or a girl who wants to be fit wants to be more healthy and wants to look better if you're in the gym and you train your total body three times per week or if you're you know a go hard go getter and you train your body four days a week with an upper lower split, three or four days a week is all you need to be in the gym to see strength results, fat loss results, and healthy health results, I should say, as far as you know, your metabolism speeding up, your hormone profiles being better, your nervous system being more healthy. That's all you need, guys. We don't need to be in the gym six days a week. You don't need to be in the gym seven days a week. You don't have to go beast mode, no days off, grind mode, no day. And like this, this, the over gratification of, or the over glorification, I should say, of the over grind mentality 
is ridiculous. And does that mean when you're in the gym that you're not training hard? Absolutely not. You should be challenging yourself. You should be pushing yourself. And for the people that are, you know, super type A, it's not, a lot of times it's not super tough for you. And I get that. But I talked about parasympathetic and sympathetic balance a little bit ago. That is huge. We have to, we have to rest and digest just as hard as we train in the gym. So, so really the only, the only con of, of traditional resistance training is just people being unaware and guys, honestly, the best way to build awareness is through, is through coaching is through having somebody who is a true professional in, in training, strength and conditioning, nutrition to, to help you out, to help, to help program your exercise, uh, so that it is custom for you because everybody starts from a different place. And if you are currently doing nothing and sitting on your butt every day, it's probably not going to be advantageous to start going to the gym seven days a week or five days a week or four days a week for that matter. For most people, just starting even with two days a week, total body training could be, could be very beneficial and just moving more and walking, going for walks, doing little things to start is super, super important and will help you adhere to a, a program and, and really help make it a lifestyle for the long haul versus, you know, hiring some guy that's just gonna, that's just gonna crush you. And yeah, you might like be sore and that's okay and stuff, but soreness doesn't equal results. Soreness doesn't mean that you're actually burning fat or building muscle. So the bottom line is if you are looking to become more fit and get healthier and you don't really know where to start, hire a coach, hire somebody who's a professional, hire somebody who has integrity, hire someone who actually gives a shit about you and will actually take the time to program your exercises based on your needs, somebody who will talk to you on a regular basis to, to check in and see how you're doing, someone who, che- who monitors your biofeedback, so things like sleep, energy, mood, motivation, sex drive, sleep or training and gym performance and recovery. Those things are super, super important and need to be tracked. If your coach or trainer is not doing that, you should probably let them go. You should probably fire them and hire somebody who's going to do that stuff for you. Well, guys, it's been fun. I think that uh, I think that I think that about does it. Those are the three. Those are the three questions that I wanted to that I wanted to cover. And yeah, thanks for listening, Range in Motion Podcast. We're out. Hey guys, if you like episodes like this, the way you can show me is leaving leaving a five star rating and review. You can also shoot me a DM on Instagram and give me some questions that you guys would like me to answer on the podcast. I think I'm going to make a make it a point to once a week uh, put a question box up on Instagram so you guys can ask me questions. Going to start doing more of these down the line because I want to answer you guys' questions and I want to and I want to know what you guys want to hear more of who you'd like me to have on the show, what kind of questions you'd like me to answer. 
all of those things. And going forward, there's going to be an incentive. So starting next month, I'm going to be picking one review each month, and I'm going to be sending you a free Ben Racky Fitness TV or Ben Racky Fitness, uh, not TV, Ben Racky Fitness shirt uh, in the mail. So all you'll have to do is send me your shipping address and your shirt size through Instagram DM or through Facebook or through email, and and I'll uh, I'll be able to ship that right out to you. So guys, again, let me know what you want to hear more of. Ask me some questions. The Range of Motion Podcast. We out.